2: Hey there everybody, happy Wednesday to you all, welcome to Take the Black Live, I am Kayla Canarum here with my co-host, partner in crime, Dan Selke, who is fresh from Dallas, came from Con of Thrones over the weekend, huge success, we're going to hear all about it from him, cheers. We are
3: celebrating Con of Thrones, we are celebrating a giveaway, it's going to be a big show for you, we're drinking, we have a giveaway, we have an announcement later, so Kayla, glad to see you again, you were off last week. It
2: was, I was on vacation.
3: Let's drink a (laughs) vacation.
2: Cheers to vacation. (laughs)
3: All right, everybody, let's start uh, the show. Hey, everybody who's watching. Hey Julie, hey Kathleen, hey Dan, and uh, hey Sue, hey Lisa, thanks for joining us. Let's start with um, a giveaway we're gonna do today. We finally have something to give away to y'all.
2: It's been a minute since we've yeah, done a it's giveaway. It's a little bit,
3: but uh, HBO's marketing was coming kind of to reach out and offer us a copy of the Game of Thrones season one Ultra HD 4K box set,
2: super super high def.
3: Not yet super super high def. It's not just season <laughs> one. It's season one with images so sharp they will draw blood.
2: And we didn't see this the first time around, right?
3: No, it's normal uh, normal definition. Or st- <laughs> I don't exactly know. Look, it's generic definition. I'm not an HD guy, but if you, <laughs> I, I, I hope you love H def- high definition. Anyway, we're gonna give these out. Uh, one of these copies out. To win it, uh, what we usually do is we're going to ask a trivia question later in the show. And uh, you're going to. Ooh, I didn't oh, we'll I'll just do it this way. You're going to put your answer <laughs> in the comments. And uh, if you get it right, I will get back to the first person to get a correct answer in. Ask for a name and address. You give me that. And then, um, if you confirm, we'll send it out to you. Hope good luck. Hope you win.
2: <laughs> That's an awesome prize.
3: It really is. Who want to win it? It's a very good value and Ultra HD. Very, Did you very, make the Christmas question is. hard? No, I, I I I I never do. I try to make it uh relatively easy. I don't want a, I want people to have a a chance. It's a romantic question this week.
2: Ooh, love it.
3: It's a romance. It's <laughs> a okay. romance. Let's get into the meat of the show, and Julie Julie hope you had a nice break. Hi, Julie. Exactly. All right, so today I did go to Con of Thrones, the biggest Game of Thrones convention of its kind. Huge. This past weekend in Dallas, Texas. And I had, I honestly, I had a blast. First of all, I have to shout out to everyone who who came up to me there and said, hello, you guys are so nice. Claudia, Kenny Adamo, I saw there, who's a regular commenter. Sure. Some others whose names escaped me. Just thank you for (laughs) everybody who came up and said hello. You were all so great. I loved *Game of Thrones. It was just a really positive atmosphere. Everybody loved Game of Thrones there. It was just a soaking up the fan love sort of thing.
2: Thanks to everyone that watches and came up and talked to Dan. Completely. Makes us happy. Is that your Disney World? Is that your happiest place on earth, Con of Thrones?
3: It's gotta be in the top five, yeah. <laughs> By the just way, uh, Dan Turton asks an important question. Uh, the giveaway is only for US residents. I am sorry about that. We have to ship it out shipping prices being what they are, we can only do it in the U.S., but we'll have other giveaways in the future, but yeah, we're going to give away the season one HD box set a little later in the show. Right now, I thought we have a little highlight reel of *Kind <gasps> of Thrones, but actually, I haven't seen it. I'm looking forward to this. Cool. Here's, if you were there, um, you know what happened here, and I hope you enjoyed the hell out of it. If you weren't, here's a little of what I experienced over the weekend.
2: To Miltos.
1: Sibel
2: Kikili. Jorge okay, Bianco. Well, oh, God. <laughs> Joe Dempsey.
1: I'm, you know, frankly shaking in my boots right now with anticipation of what's coming because I have no doubt that we will redefine the word epic next
3: season.
2: Dan, cheers to Dan killing it at Con of Thrones. Thank that you was awesome.
3: It really was a, so much you're fun. You're like a
2: regular reporter.
3: I am like a regular reporter. I resemble a regular reporter. I'm like <laughs> like three-fourths of a regular reporter, two-thirds.
2: Um, I think you should go to the season eight premiere. How do we find a way to send you to the red carpet?
3: We appeal to HBO right now. If you're watching HBO, and I know you are, We're giving away your stuff. Um, extend an invite to me to go to the season eight premiere. I will dress up smart. I will have a microphone. I'll be very approachable and uh, ask uh, people friendly questions. Do
2: you think any of the cast members know you? Besides the one you interviewed this weekend. yes,
3: I'm sure they do because I talked to them this weekend.
2: Besides those two. Like, do you think, I mean, do you think the cast knows who you are? I have no idea. Do you think they look at fan sites? I doubt it. (laughs) This is a pretty popular one, so.
3: Yeah, if they're going to know anybody, it might be this. George R. R. Martin knows what um, Wick is. You're like low-key famous, Dan. Let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) To to being low-key famous. (laughs) To being low-key famous. Any excuse I can. <laughs> anyway, I had a blast, and uh, we'll do a little more of that a little later in, in the day. Thank you, everybody. Renee says, "Good job, Dan." Lisa says, "Awesome." Thank you. Julie says, "Cheers." Love it. By the you way, made and us proud. it wasn't all just um, you know walked around having fun. There was some news that broke at kind of Thrones*, and some of it was pretty big. In fact, I might have even gotten an exclusive. Um, I, 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 among the things I did was I interviewed uh, Hannah Murray, who plays Gilly. Yep. She told me a couple of interesting things. She said, well, let's just watch the tape and see what Hannah Murray <gasps> Gilly said when I talked More to her at kind of exclusive Thrones. exclusive interviews. Exactly. Over the years, you've like had brushes with Shireen. I, I, I think she's here, isn't she? Uh, the actress, yeah. And, uh, you know, the Tarleys. you had some scenes with them. Uh, who else? Castle Black. Is there any scene partner apart from John Bradley who you particularly like working with?
2: Um, so there are a few from season eight that I can't actually mention.
3: So the show's ending. Um, has it sunk in yet? I'm not sure if you filmed all your stuff yet or what. Has it sunk in yet? And what will you take from the experience going forward?
2: Um, I don't know. I think it's just for me, it's set the bar really high in terms of the kind of the quality of people that I want to work with. I think that everyone on our show is so talented in every aspect of the cast and crew. Um, and I hope to continue to work with people of that sort of caliber going forward. Um, and yeah, no, it has, it kind of has, it's starting to sink in. I have finished. I've, I've shot all my scenes. Um, so, it's, and yeah, the, the final day was definitely very emotional. Cheers to dance interview with Hannah Murray. That was so good.
3: <laughs> Cheers to my interview with Hannah Murray.
2: Uh, you didn't even look starstruck. Just a natural.
3: She was the sweetest person in the world. She, she was very, very easy, very easy to talk to. Very sweet, very nice. So it, it wasn't hard at all. I was a little worried I'd be intimidated, but it was it was fine. She looked
2: younger there to me. I mean, she's like 28, I think. Okay. That works I out. I didn't really she was that young.
3: Anyway, uh, and she agrees, Julie, that she's so tiny, which I agree.
2: Yeah. I mean, she's little.
3: You know, like t- Tom Cruise is like three feet tall, but like on screen, <laughs> he appears huge. Um, anyway, um, what you heard in there, I hope, Was that uh, two things. A, Hannah Murray is finished filming Game of Thrones Season 8. That is a wrap. That is a wrap on Gilly. No more Gilly scenes. It's over. Which must be a bittersweet for her. But also a a huge one. She did tell me she was, uh, you know, it it, it was hard to say goodbye to everybody. Her last day was very emotional. And she also said that in Season 8, I asked her um, who she liked working with the most. Apart from John Bradley, who plays Sam. Right. And she said, uh, I have a few I can't talk about from season eight. And I was like, hmm.
2: Who do you think it is? I mean, she's a,
3: well, I, I think Gilly's at Winterfell, right? So actually the, the options are, are pretty enormous. I mean, that could be anybody from Tyrion to Jon Snow to Daenerys to Sansa to Arya uh, to Tormund to Brienne. It could be anybody. I to hope the her Hound. and
2: Sam have a happy ending. Like, I hope one of them doesn't die.
3: I feel like they will. I feel like Gilly and Sam are gonna make it. I, I really do. I, oh, I, I thought you it. meant
2: one of them. Were gonna, you thought one of oh, them. Oh no, <laughs> it's a little
3: morbid. If it were up to okay. me, like you know, because I mean, a just neither of them will be on the front lines, and b they've just been so sweet. I like, know. Why? You can't why? Kill why one stick the off. knife in there? Right. They've had probably the best relationship for anybody on the show. Agreed. Even if she was married to her father and had an incestuous baby. Listen, it's Game of Thrones. We're great on a curve here. <laughs> Forgot about that it's easy to but yeah it, it <laughs> happened anyway uh joe dempsey was also at con of thrones he also revealed uh that he has done filming scenes so it's a wrap on gendry as well Robert baratheon's bastard son yep so things coming to an end the filming's winding down cast members are checking out and um i think we'll see we'll see more of that pretty quickly
2: All sad right. times
3: Let's do a bit more news, and then we will get to the giveaway of the Season 1 Ultra HD 4K Game of Thrones box set. Okay, I have to hit a couple more stories before we get to that. All right. So, George R.R. Martin, author of Song of Ice and Fire. What's he up to these days? This might be the last time we can get one of these reactions. (laughs) This will be fun. So, he's going to produce, possibly write the script for... A, Let's
2: give him more projects. A
3: animated children's movie adaptation of his 1980 short story, "The Ice Dragon," hmm. the cover of which will show up eventually, which is <laughs> nice. Do, do you? Uh, what do you think about that, Caleb?: Expanding out into He's other just, mediums. Yeah,
2: dipping his toes in all kinds of things. Good. It's classic. <laughs> um. I just really think it'd be cool if he finished his book.
3: Me too. <laughs> I mean, look, I, 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 have, I feel like I always say this. I have no idea if he's going to, how involved he will be, but his Ice Dragon story is going to get a movie, like, like an animated kids movie.
2: I, I was going to say, has he done anything with kids before?
3: Probably not. This guy, I don't think it's really his forte.
2: Right. So this is cool. This is something new.
3: It is something new. And um, I mean, he, he's kind of like becoming an empire sort of guy like with a media empire of his own he'll have like tv shows he'll have a movie in production he has books on the way prequels he's a regular john grisham type where he (laughs) just has everything in the hit list checking every box every box and why not if you have that career opportunity go for it go for it just you know what at this point i'm just like go for it george go for whatever you want there was a whole panel called uh finish the books george i did not attend it (laughs)
2: I would have attended that one. <laughs> it was
3: I'm very curious.
2: I would have definitely been front row for that.
3: Count of Thrones. Yeah, I, I kind of would have been curious too. Um, I, I, enjoyed my, the, I, I, I enjoyed the panels I went to. I was going to
2: say, you didn't, did you, you didn't recap the panels.
3: I mean, there, there, there were tons of them. There were, but the were ones all, you did? The ones I did. Yeah, they were great. I was, if, the, if you went to my panels, thank you very much. I appreciated the audience. I did a Queering Westeros examination of homosexuality and queerness in, in the story. I did How Game of Thrones Changed TV. Which, which is a lot of fun to discuss that. I know I like talking about that stuff. Yep. And I did uh, the spinoff panel, which I was the moderator for. Ugh. And uh, we, we voted on which spinoff we'd like to see most by applause from the audience. And the winner was um, The Erotic Adventures of Oberyn Martell.
2: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> about Oberyn okay. in his 20s. Could be fun. Um, and didn't you say someone even cleared their schedule to go to your panels?
3: Claudia was a volunteer and a watcher of this show. She was so incredibly sweet and fun and friendly, and she uh, she made a point to see my shows, and I, do, I really appreciate that. Cheers Thank to you, Claudia. Claudia. Cheers to Claudia and cheers to Kenny and cheers and to everyone all the else. All of Thrones goers. Everyone else who talked to me. It it really was like enervating. It was like you know it 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 made me want to do this more because it's just Aww, it's just you know yeah. the connection is, yeah. is very, very 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 nice and sweet.
2: That would be really cool. You're surrounded by people who all have the same interests. So Exactly.
3: Kenny missed my last one. Well, I don't like you anymore, Kenny. It's fine. He, he, he <laughs> just that. I'm kidding. Thank you very much for coming. Anyway, um, one other thing for you before we get to our announcement and our giveaway. Uh, Kit Harrington Rose Leslie, <gasps> set a date.
2: I'm so happy we know now. Oh, are
3: you really been this waiting is nice for, for this. this show?
2: It didn't um, happen on Royal Wedding Day, as I predicted.
3: June 23rd, in. Aberdeenshire, Scotland.
2: That sounds magical.
3: At a castle. Uh, owned by uh, Rose Leslie's father. It does sound pretty nice.
2: The name, a June wedding, at a castle. Your regular fairy tale.
3: It really kind of is. <laughs> and, and you met on a fantasy show about dragons and knights and stuff. And
2: her dad owns the castle. Did it I read can't that?
3: It can get better. Uh, her, yeah.
2: It's a, so it's castle in the family.
3: She's like blue blood Casual. type. It's very nice.
2: Oh, I did not know that.
3: I mean, I, I, I she's not like royalty. I don't know. I don't know her. But uh, good for them. Good Rose Leslie, John Sonia Gret, tying the knot after all these years. Hooray. And uh, okay, let's get to the Season 1 Game of Thrones Ultra HD uh, 4K giveaway. We're giving away this copy. Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to ask y'all a trivia question about Game of Thrones. And if you know the right answer type it in the comments the first person to get the right answer i will contact them via facebook ask for a name and address you get back to me i uh, you win you get the <laughs> game of thrones season one ultra hd 4k box set if you don't get back to me within 24 hours though <gasps> i gotta move on to the next person
2: next one next one online so gotta be, be quick. sure
3: your attention to your facebook messages all right here is the trivia question to win the Game of Thrones Season 1 box set. Okay. All right. In Game of Thrones Season 2, before Sam left Craster's Keep, right after he met Gilly for the first time, he gave her a family keepsake and told her he'd be back for it to keep it safe for him. What did Sam give Gilly? What family keepsake did Sam give Gilly back in season two when he left Craster's Keep? Put your answer in the comments, and you could win a Game of Thrones season one, Ultra HD, 4K, box set. That is <laughs> so long.
2: I don't even know what half those things mean in that title.
3: Yeah, not, I mean, <laughs> Ultra HD, high definition. I get that. 4K, I think, is the resolution.
2: Okay, I didn't get that.
3: Like, it's like 1080, 1080p is like they're... A, 1080 pixels at the top of the screen now there's 4,000
2: okay to sum up it's really cool and you want to win it
3: it's so cool and you want to win it. put
2: your answer in the comments
3: yeah I'll I'll say one more time just uh people get the trivia question okay season two Sam goes to Craster's keep he meets Gilly for the first time very sweet hope they live and he before he leaves he gives her a keepsake a family keepsake to keep safe for him it's kind of a promise he'll be back what was that keepsake do you recall the answer to this nope it's okay I didn't actually either (laughs) Reason, you didn't. Okay, no, there, there makes me feel better. Kind of
2: I mean, I have guesses, but sure, I don't really.
3: And it looks like people in here are putting on the answer, so somebody here will win. But we'll find out who after the show. Okay, and now we have a, you know, a um, a joyous announcement at at winter is coming because change is beautiful. All right, <laughs> Kayla Kinnearm, why don't you take it away?
2: I'm nervous. I don't want to cry. Um, this will be my last show with you, Dan. Mm. I will be moving to Los Angeles in a few weeks, and this is my last. Take the black, and I have loved every minute of it. I'm not kidding. Absolutely. I look forward to it every Wednesday before doing this pod or this podcast. This podcast, this Facebook live show, live. podcast.
3: We are available on iTunes, by the way, in podcast
2: <laughs> I had never watched the show. You you introduced me to this whole new world. And, and it's something i looked forward to every week i loved interacting with the fans who watch us faithfully you guys are the best you really are. it has truly been a great experience and i'm gonna miss all of you including you mm. oh dan you've made this so much fun cheers Kayla. but i am i am moving on to la i lived there once before i'm going back as we've talked about on the show but um just looking to do something else in entertainment we'll see what happens i don't really know yet but <laughs> gotta chase the dream
3: we'll definitely be watching and Kayla I mean seriously I, I mean I, I love the fact that you hadn't seen the show I loved showing it to you and watching your reactions and finding <laughs> out I thought it was so much fun it was fun going through it with everybody it really was I, th- I thought we had some decent chemistry uh, we had some fun we, we had some drinks
2: we we loved our drinks we chatted maybe. about a lot
3: of news read way too closely into it you guys were all very sweet and of course get, uh, and take it back live is not going away we no, will no, have no. still um, be here no one can replace you, but we will have someone <laughs> else. We will have someone else. Well, I'm sure someone um, can <laughs> to, to discuss the news with me. I mean, not in the way that you did it. You, you your, your role is secure. You're a legend here. At oh, Take the Black well, Life gosh, is secure. thank you. That's sweet. And if you're ever in Chicago, swing on by for a guest spot. Why not?
2: Absolutely, I will. If you're ever in LA, come visit.
3: I would love to. Okay, so Kayla, thank you so much. It's it's been a blast. Thank and, you, uh, Dan. Thank I you. I wish you the absolute best. Oh, in Los Angeles thank you
2: you're a doll thank you guys cheers. thank you for watching I'm gonna miss you I'll have to get updates from Dan on how it's going you can do that cheers go cheers I'm out of wine is that bad luck
3: <laughs> no I, don't, I have no idea
2: maybe one more drop this show is good to the last drop
3: this show is good to the last drop <laughs> excellent way to go <laughs> if, if you're wondering people are saying Dan Turton bye Kayla Kathleen good luck in LA Julie Thanks Davies, guys. I will miss you, Kayla, but congratulations and best wishes and everything your heart desires, which I completely Thanks, endorse. That's a great message. Thank you. Renee, bye, Kayla. Renee also has a uh, crying bummer, a crying emoji. Kathleen Morris, that's a bummer. So people are going to miss you, Kayla. Uh, I'm going to miss you. The fans are going to miss you. The feeling is mutual. Again, good luck. We're kind of repeating ourselves by this point. I know. Good luck. <laughs> <just be> and <laughs> okay. We can go on forever.
2: All right. Without further ado, here's Josh Hill. We
3: are drinking wine, so you know. <laughs> a little sappy. Mm-hmm. And now, as we recover from this, uh, hi, Rachel, in Nashville, we're going to bring on Mr. Josh Hill for our weekly segment, A Song of Dan and Josh, the show where Josh Hill and I, editor Josh Hill, go through a chapter of A Song of Ice and Fire and pick it apart, analyze it. What makes this chapter tick? Although, Josh, I'm so depressed right now that is leaving. I don't know if I can really handle this. So you just do it yourself. That's a tough act to
1: follow. (laughs) Right.
3: Although I did like
1: a like shepherded her off. It was she was like having a moment with you and you're like, we're just repeating ourselves. What's done is done. We were. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm sad, but I don't want to be repetitive. <laughs> it's true. That's one thing I've learned about Dan. <laughs> That's just he's bad not form. repetitive.
3: <laughs> exactly. And we poured you some
1: wine. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing very good. Although I feel like you're doing better now that you're back from Con of
3: Thrones. I loved Con of Thrones. Yeah. It was a blast. It really was. So I remember I sure you were whatsoever. really
1: nervous when we were here last week. You weren't I sure how it was gonna go. We only read one chapter because you were so nervous.
3: So well, I mean, it, it affected wasn't me. Wasn't nervous. It was just because I had so much work to do. I didn't have <laughs> time to read too. and it's, make it, notes on too. Yeah, you were a superstar though. So right I here, I, I was very nervous. You know, because I'm like a kind of an introverted guy. So just the idea of like talking in front of people was like you know a little nerve wracking. Yeah. But it worked out. Yeah. I couldn't shut up. All right. So today we read. Eddard thirteen. Indeed, another key Eddard chapter. They're kind of all key Eddard chapters at this point. Yeah, another like every other chapter is a Ned chapter now. Mm-hmm. It just kind of drives home how like the cliche is that he is there's he is the main character of the first book. There's mm-hmm. no other way to put it. Yeah. He dwarfs everyone else in terms of page oh, count, yeah. which again is another reason why it's so shocking when he dies. So just mm-hmm. kudos to Martin. Again, Julie says the sadness is overwhelming. <laughs> Which, yes. It is. It is, but we will soldier on. We'll start by... I'll start receiving this. Cheers, Josh. Here we go. To Kayla. To Kayla. I'm out, but I'll live. (laughs) Okay. So, um... What basically happened in this chapter? What stood out to you?
1: Well, first of all, hello everyone, because I forgot to say hello. It's been an emotional day. It's been a a rough day. Uh, Well, this is the chapter where Robert dies. It is. So Robert dies very unceremoniously too. It was. I liked how that was done. It was just everybody accepted his fate. There wasn't any kind of dancing around there wasn't any you know dramatic no not robert <laughs> it was just kind of like even he was like all right time to drop my will i feel like, like he more like, than anyone yeah he was just like let's get this done with so but ultimately again it's ned's chapter and all of these things that happen to ned he always he always thinks he's the doing the right thing he's yes. always the guy making the right call so he wants
3: stannis to be on the throne because he basically gets to pick who wants to be on the throne here, because I mean technically Stannis is Robert's younger brother. Yeah, and because Robert's children are not actually his children, mm-hmm. in terms of like you look at it a pure, you look at it from like a pure yeah primogeniture heir like secession timeline mm-hmm. thing. Stannis as the next oldest brother. Yeah, you don't have any kids. Is technically the next in line. Yeah, it's like by the letter of the law mm-hmm. that's the case. And
1: again, Ned doing the right thing by the book, it ends up being literally the thing that kills him. So this whole decision snowballs downhill because he wants to do the right thing and it sets off. He's got to jump through all these hoops. The game has become too hard for him to play and he's made the
3: wrong moves. So it is, but okay. So what, what I would like to do today is let, let's walk through Ned's decisions here. So he makes a yep. bunch of decisions in this chapter. He does. And I, I want you to tell me if you think they're bad on their face or only bad in retrospect. Or... Let's see if we can puzzle that out. Let's do it. So the the first, like, kind of decision he makes is when he's called into Robert's uh, to Robert's deathbed, mm-hmm. and he's dying, and there's Cersei's there, and Renly's there, and Pycelle's there, and all kind of crowded around the dying king. Uh-huh. Um, and Robert shoos all of them out and just says, here's my will, I'm going to dictate to you, write it down. And the first kind of big, the, the first big move Ned makes is, I'll just read it, like Robert says, my will is this, uh, and the kingdom shall go to my son Joffrey. And then, but Ned, being tricksy, writes, uh, So Ned bent his head and wrote, but where the kings had said, My son Joffrey, he scrawled, My heir, instead. Mm-hmm. So making it ambiguous. No yeah. longer Joffrey, it's my heir. And of course, according to him, since Joffrey isn't his heir, because he's not an actual child, yeah. Sansa is his heir. So, so... <sighs> In a way, yes. We know now this decision leads to war because mm-hmm. there's ambiguity now. Yeah, there's like who is the the heir is not specific. Mm-hmm. The, you know what you have there? You have a secession crisis. You have a war yeah. of secession. You have multiple people saying, "Well, I'm the heir. I'm the heir. Mm-hmm. I'm the heir." And then there's fucking war because you're yep. all fighting over who gets to be the heir and who gets to be the Iron Throne. But in that moment, Ned, knowing that Joffrey isn't legitimate mm-hmm. and is a bit of a jackwagon, yep. Um, do can you blame him? For making that move was that a bad decision jagwagon good word um it's not really a word i'm going to think <laughs>
1: but uh no i can't again it's ned thinking he's doing the right thing playing Is he by doing the, the right thing i don't ultimately he's not doing the right thing he okay. should have just put down what robert wanted. he should have put down my son problem Why? over well to me i i'm looking at this from the decision that he made and the fallout that happened in that this led to his downfall, led to all of these problems happening. Mm-hmm. Joffrey, as we know, ends up taking the throne anyways. He does. So really, all everything Ned did was for nothing. Like, he's it jumped was. through all these hoops. He's trying to do the right thing, trying to make sure that the heir gets the throne, not specifically Joffrey, but in the eyes of whoever the heir is, you know, Joffrey ends up getting the throne. So He, he is it, an heir. It was really... Kind of everything these Ned chapters have been, which is he thinks he's doing the right thing. It leads to this huge, long runaround, and ultimately we end at where we were going, anyways. <laughs> you know, Joffrey is going to be the king. Joffrey's going to sit on the throne. Ned doesn't put down Joffrey, doesn't mm-hmm. put down my son. We do this huge runaround. We do all these things. Joffrey ends up sitting on the throne. And that's kind of the same thing with this whole John Aaron thing running around, trying to find out what's going on, still land in the same spot. So it was and almost no one had still It almost had to happen because it's just, it would have been out of character for Ned to have not done it this way and for it not to have played out this way, which is why he's kind of a tragic hero
3: in that way. I agree. By the way, Julie says, a typical Ned, try to do what he hoped was the right thing. A for effort. (laughs) And Juliana, love is his weakness. If Ned had told Robert on his deathbed about Joffrey, there wouldn't have been doubt about Joffrey's claim. Well, like, oh, that was a good bit because Ned yeah. like couldn't bring himself. Mm-hmm. He wanted to tell yep. Robert about Joffrey, but I mean, Robert sitting there dying, mm-hmm. and oh my God, there was that one bit where I I wrote it down, but I think not <laughs> Like where Robert said like uh, <laughs> like uh, I was a horrible king, but this thing, they'll at least say I did this right. And that's like, oh, you're not even your son. You're doing <laughs> you did it all wrong. wrong. And he, again, that's You can't say it. But that's Ned
1: doing the Ned thing. Like the right thing to do in that moment was to say, "Here's the truth. Like I'm sorry. This is the is last that the thing right that you're
3: going to know." To tell a dying I think it man. Was. This, I think it was. Hey, your life is a lie, by I, the way. Peace out.
1: I feel like that then sets off a chain reaction in a different direction because then everybody it puts it out there. It's not just, you know, Ned scribbling something on a piece of paper and he knows. And mm. good for him that he knows. But nobody else does. But if he goes to Robert and was, is like, you know, it's not your kid. Like, come on. <laughs> Sorry, it's the last thing that you're hearing before you die. But facts are facts. This is what's happening. Then you get that out there, cat's out of the bag, and maybe mm-hmm. we have a different series okay. of events. But
3: well, there you have people. Josh Hill is heartless, and will just tell <laughs> a dying man that his life has been a lie. And oh, then he
1: we've dies. established too that Robert wasn't necessarily a saint. No, so but he,
3: he's trying here. That? He's trying to do the right thing. On his though? Life. That's such a cop, and out. he's still failing. It's such it's a, cop totally a cop out. But you got to start sometime. It's Like in my
1: last moments of life, I'm going to repent for all the horrible, terrible wife beating, you know, slave inducing things that I've done. Hey, that but is it's a like, classic strategy. It, but it's like you know. Don't tell him that his kid's not his kid. You know, your wife. Not only that, but he could have really buried him. Could have been like, not only is your kid not your kid, mm-hmm. but your wife was banging her brother, and that's who the kid's father is. Have fun in the next life, man. It's been <laughs> so, real. <laughs> so
3: you're, 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 so you're like in your head, Ned's very bitter. Ned just turns, just turns heel. He just, just goes. turns the screw. Yeah. I mean, maybe okay, something, Maybe something
1: different happens. But because he's such a nice guy and because he plays it the way that, he, in such a, as Julie said, classic, typical Ned, Yeah, what happens, happens. So Good. maybe something different would have
3: happened. But again, I mean, it, it didn't necessarily need to have happened the way it does. I wonder if hindsight isn't clouding our, our judgment a little bit mm. because even after Ned does that, it doesn't necessarily mean that Joffrey had to get in the throne. For example, after he does that, Renly comes up to him. Ooh, and Renly right. has this idea. Renly is like, Okay, so the kid, my, 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 my brother's dying. We got to act. We know Cersei's going to want to take power. Mm-hmm. I have some guys. You have some guys. Let's get our guys together. Let's steal Joffrey and the kids away so Cersei won't act. We'll keep him as hostages. Mm-hmm. We'll put him on the throne, but we'll actually do the ruling. So let's do that. Let's do that. And I mean, in that case, that might have averted it because then... Could've. I mean, her, so Renly's plan is if we get the kids away, Cersei won't act because she'll mm-hmm. be afraid of them being killed, which is probably true, because there's, yeah. there's one thing about Cersei's redeeming is that she she doesn't want her kids harmed. all mm-hmm. that anyway, but she doesn't <laughs> want them harmed. She won't act to harm them. And, and Ned rejects this advice too mm-hmm. by saying, "I will not dishonor Robert's last hours on earth by shedding blood in his halls and dragging frightened children from their beds." Again, well, I, I guess I kind of know how you respond to this. <laughs> is is that the right answer? Because I mean, what? why wouldn't you not want to drag frightened children from their beds that sounds horrible it's he's chained
1: to his honor like that's the that's the problem with ned so i mean everything that i'm pointing out too is like the opposite of what he would have done so it's it's in a perfect world where ned decides in the 11th hour to play the game as dirty as everybody else sure. wants to play the game or maybe play it the way it needs to be played i think he was trying to go about this whole thing differently than would be allowed because he wanted he has this vision of this romanticized good way of doing things Mm -hmm. and it's been it was established in all of his other chapters and it's been established inside of the heads of all these other characters that this world that ned is hoping for doesn't exist at least it doesn't exist now maybe it can in the future but this perfect world where the right guy always makes the right decision and then that right decision turns out being the thing isn't real because he does make right decisions that, that that's not a that's not a bad decision but in the context of the world that they live in mm-hmm. in the context of the rules of the game it doesn't work and ultimately it that's why he runs into all these problems but so it, i'm not saying that he, you know protecting the children's a bad thing i'm saying that maybe ned will them. find
3: a different way to go about doing that a smarter way to do it Josh only and harsh truths. <laughs> By the way, Juliana has a great comment. Juliana has a great comment. Uh, Ned's empathy for innocent kids, Daenerys, Rego, Cersei's kids, because again, he, she's right, because he, he also didn't want to kill Daenerys. Yes, yep. a child. Yep. Uh, comes from his love for an innocent Targaryen child, Jon Snow. Ooh. Which is, a, I think, a very a nice insight. That is good insight. Ned's uh, giving the benefit of the doubt to kids who don't have any part to play in this just innocence. Mm -hmm. Even Joffrey to some extent as big of a dick as he is um, you know at this point at least hasn't done anything too horrible that we know of. Um, Give him time. (laughs) Um, I like that. I mean I I, want to resist it but I think it makes sense that Ned's chasing a a world that doesn't really exist and there's a diff. and okay the other bigger point is Mm -hmm. that making the right decision that if you make a decision that makes you feel good in the short term Mm -hmm. is different than the one that is best for everyone in the long term. Because what Littlefinger suggests is this. He points out to Ned. Okay, so Ned, you want to put Stannis on the throne. Mm -hmm. If you do that, there's going to be war. Because Stannis, I mean, A, Cersei is going to contest it. Mm -hmm. So she's not going to take that line down. She will support her son. There'll be a war of secession, which there is. Mm That's the War of the Five Kings, and also he points out Stannis is like a harsh guy. Yeah. Like Robert forgave all these people who fought against him in Robert's Rebellion. Stannis wouldn't. If he became king, he would go back and execute those people because that's Mm the kind of guy Stannis is. He's like he's the kind of guy who like, you know, uh, a good deed doesn't rub out the bad, and a bad deed doesn't rub out the good. Yeah. Like he believes in bringing you to justice. He holds grudges. He holds grudges. He's the guy who. Yeah, I will let you serve me, Davos. I'm going to cut off your fingers. <laughs> yeah. So he would go back and he would yeah. kill all these lords, which would again cause more conflict mm-hmm. in the realm. So Littlefinger's like, do not put Stannis on. He will be terrible. What you should do, make peace with the Lannisters, put Joffrey on the throne, and then just rule behind the scenes. You are the appointed hand until he comes of age. Mm-hmm. And if Joffrey's too much, then we'll just reveal that little secession thing. By that time, we'll have taken care of Stannis Mm -hmm. and we can come up with a better plan. And again, unsurprisingly, Ned also rejects Mm -hmm. this. Because again, it's it's not the straight line he likes. It's too skeezy for him. And that's, you know, Littlefinger
1: is a pretty wormy character, but Mm -hmm. like the plan makes, it's a pretty solid plan. It's not a bad plan. It's probably the best plan that could have been proposed. It's kind of laying the weeds behind Joffrey. I mean, ultimately you do expose yourself to you know behind the scene's assassination at that point too if you're if you're Ned. Mm-hmm. And then you have to deal with Cersei, which I think he knows is going to be a thing where she's kind of like a shadow queen to Joffrey's king. But this was ultimately the right decision this is the one he should have gone with because it bought him the most time and yeah. that's ultimately and what it, all these people are doing is buying more time before they recognize the right move that's why Littlefinger stuck around for so long because he was always moving pieces always around his time yeah making more time for himself and then eventually his borrowed time ran out but that's why he was around so long Viserys does the same thing like Viserys uh Varies whatever Viserys right. yeah. <laughs> Viserys Viserys is dead he got golden Viserys yeah. Viserys Viserys he did the same, he does the, the same mains. thing, you know, so kind of biding his time, playing in the mm-hmm. shadows, making other people make moves, seeing, you know, it's like, you know, you're in a minefield and you're going to have somebody else go out first so they can step on the mine. And then you're like, well, there's not a mine there. I'm going to walk there. That's kind of what Littlefinger does. And this is a good plan. And, but Ned, because he's chained to his honor, because he's not going to do not it's something that's not
3: the straight and, and arrow. Yeah. Not, Any, like, deviation from, like, the straight path he thinks yeah. is dishonest. Yeah. Uh, Karen points out that Ned telling Cersei his plan was pretty dumb because it gave her time to plan, which is totally true. And Juliana says, I think he viewed Cersei as Elia Martell, warning her so that her kids won't, would live. Mm. Uh, won't live the fates of Rhaenys and Aegon. He didn't want to be a Tywin, even if it was the best choice. Mm. Which, yeah, it's true. Okay, where was I? Uh. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh, I think everything you said is probably true, just it's just it's just unfortunate it's that it is bad. true. Maybe yeah. that's it. But it is. Well, that's and, why Ned wasn't cut to play the game. Yeah. Like he just he's too good for it. He does have a plan. His plan is so gonna seat Stannis, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna need some military guys to do it. Yeah. My guys are like helping my daughters go back north, which mm-hmm. also doesn't work. Um so he has he asked Littlefinger, I need you to pay off the gold cloaks. Which are like the city watch, the city mm-hmm. guardsmen, to support me when I make my statement, my claim against yeah. whoever Cersei summons or uh, musters. That's the word. And Littlefinger has a little speech about Ned. Uh, you wear your honor like a suit of armor, Stark. You think it keeps you safe, but all it does is wear you down and make it hard for you to move. You know why you summoned me here. You know what you want to act, what you want to ask me to do. You know it has to be done, but it's not honorable, so the words stick in your throat the thing being, like, a guy like Ned doesn't want to ask, like, could you please pay off these guys so yeah. I will have backup? Mm-hmm. Which is totally true. Ned uh, nails it here. I mean, Littlefinger nails it here. Yeah. But he does agree, and as we know, he ends up betraying Ned. Because, I mean, frankly, why wouldn't you? After all the mistakes this guy has made, mm-hmm. I can see where Littlefinger is coming from. Well,
1: Littlefinger is very good at looking ahead, looking at this, the moves, you know, three or four moves ahead. Yeah. So, if That's the writing kind of wasn't already guy. on the wall for Ned, between Ned and Littlefinger, mm-hmm. when Ned didn't go with his plan, which was the best plan, that was the final strike. Because Littlefinger, at that mm-hmm. point, is like, this guy's never going to make the right call, no matter what. Sure. Like, this, that was like, to me, of all the decisions Ned, of all the bad, you know, uh, decisions that Ned has been able to avoid to keep his honor, his honor armor on mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> I like that. Um, this is probably... The one that he could have gone with and still felt like he was still honorable because it's he's not overthrowing he's not killing anybody well, he's not double crossing anybody he's putting joffrey on the throne i mean that's kind of dishonorable mission he well, wouldn't be
3: telling people about the incest secret yeah and of all the other things that I he could have done wrong, to kill stannis that would be have been bad. bad that will again
1: of all the things too <laughs> that he said had to do i feel like this is the one that he should have gone with, and then Littlefinger. Ultimately, Littlefinger like, was
3: probably the most honorable. Well, I don't think Renly's would have worked though. No, no, maybe not. But, and I don't know if Littlefinger's would have worked because maybe no. Ned would have got bumped off in the background. He has this great line, Littlefinger, where Ned's like, "What you propose is treason." Littlefinger's like, "Only if we lose." Exactly, and that's why Littlefinger's like,
1: "This guy's never going to be on the right side of me." So like, right. he's he's never going to do even a little deviate a little bit from the path to extend his time or to maybe get to the right decision by mm-hmm. taking a little bit of a shortcut. Incest and killing or like Stannis. like the long way a, around. Yeah, he's I mean, going it, to go no way. It's almost like
3: Ned wants the short way. Ned wants Stannis is the king because it's the letter of the law. We do that. Like, they're all proposing like, these plans that have like, kind of hidden rooms and little, little offshoots. Exactly. He doesn't like any of that. He's not into it. Yeah, and Littlefinger knows he's never going to do that, and that,
1: to me, was when that door closed. And Littlefinger was probably the most valuable door
3: that he had there that he didn't know he had, because he stuck around for so long. He knows how to play the game. So, And if Littlefinger can um, kill off the husband of mm-hmm. the woman he loves while he's at it, sure. Bonus points. Let's do that. <laughs> okay, so it was an intense chapter. It, was. It, it's, it When you look at it this way, it's like, <laughs> it could be, like the chapter could be called Eddard 13, Three bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but again, the, 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 the trick of the book is um, they don't seem like bad decisions in the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they would. Maybe they would to people read them for the first time. I kind of doubt it. I, I can't know anymore. Mm-hmm. None of us can know. What did you think about them for the first time? All right. I also want to give a brief shout out to Martin for the sheer number of minor characters and names who have like one line or no lines but are mentioned. <laughs> What do you think of Tomard, Kane, King Robert Stuart <laughs> Sir Boros Blunt, Sir Preston Greenfield, Sir Robar Royce, Porther, Desmond, Bronze, Jan Royce, Sir Balin Swan, the Red Wine Twins, and Lady Tanda Stokeworth? What being like tossed in there, sprinkled right. in there?
1: The Red Wine Twins were my favorite.
3: Some of them do come up, so, so, and <laughs> uh, so, some of these people do—not I even mean, they don't play major roles, but they yeah. do become like supporting characters, populating
1: the background.
3: As, uh, just a, a moment of appreciation for how much. Names Martin has to come mm-hmm. up with just to fill this out. I figure that would like be like just hours pouring over, <laughs> like just writing syllables and pairing them together and seeing if anything sounds okay. The Red Wine Twins. I don't feel like he spent a lot of time coming up with that one. The Red Wine Twins. No, I believe that's Lady Olena's original family. I think she's Olena Red Wine. Oh, so like maiden name. Whatever. <laughs> um, next week we can go back to two. All right. I believe we have a. John chapter. Alright. And of course, another Ned chapter, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, another Ned chapter. So John and Ned. Oh, what a day on Take the Black Live. We did a <laughs> giveaway hope. Good luck to everybody who who entered the giveaway. We mm-hmm. say goodbye to Kayla Kaneram. Another great edition of Song of Dan and Josh. We'll, we'll be back next week with all of that. Indeed. Uh, next week at Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time here on the Winter Screen Facebook page. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Good night.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently